All righty, welcome back to another episode of Two Plane Sports. Today we are breaking down the linebacker room for Oklahoma, uh, talking about who are the starters, what's the depth looking like, is it going to be better than last year? Is it going to be the same or is it going to be the worst uh, or worse than, than last year? So we're going to be talking about the linebacker room, what we should be looking for, who's going to be the big performer, and um, the, I guess the implications of that and what the season could look like. So before we do, be sure to like, subscribe, turn the notification bell on, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Apple, Spotify, and TikTok. Everything's linked in the description below. And remember, every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central, we go live for a live stream. So if you turn that notification bell on, it helps you remind or it helps remind you to join the live stream when we go live. So um, as we talked about linebacker breakdown for Oklahoma here, um, as far as the starting you know, trio of linebackers, it's going to be a little different than it was last year, but it's going to have some similarities. Jose, who do you think are the starters? Any shockers? What do you think? So starters, <clears throat> I thought everyone – would agree, but I've seen some things where they expect Connor Neer to start. I would assume that it's the returning starter and Danny Stutzman. He led the Big 12 in tackles. And then your young guy who showed a lot of potential in the one game he got to play, Jaron Kanick, on next to him at the linebacker position. I do think Connor Neer plays. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, and we might have even talked about it when um, he first committed to Oklahoma, he brings in a ton of experience, which Brent Venables mentioned in the Big 12 Media Day. We saw it last season. Brent loves guys with experience. I just don't believe he is a starting linebacker, and you know, I'm sure people in the comment section will be thinking that that's wrong. Um, but if you look at the talent in the room, the youth, like Jaron Canick just seems like the guy that would be there on next to Danny because he's been there for a whole year. He's learned the system. And that was the reason he couldn't step on the field last year is because he didn't know the system well enough. Well, now he's been there long enough where you would expect him to not play mistake-free football, but play well enough that he's going to be really important. He's athletic enough. And I would say if you're going to pick a guy from this last linebacker group that came in between Sammy Lewis and Phil, I think Lewis Carter is going to be tough to keep off the field when you're looking at the rotation of that linebacker position. See, I think Phil Pashati, uh, going back to that class or whatever, but um, the linebacker breakdown I think is a fun one. I think I'm glad we started with this uh, this particular group for, for our breakdown segments because I think it's one of the more interesting ones to look at. Uh, Danny Setsman obviously coming back, and I, again, I missed 95% of the season, so I'm going up numbers and numbers alone here but was all over the field. He had 125 total tackles, I think 10 and a half or loss, three sacks and a couple picks. Um, seemingly he was all over the field defensively, just looking at those numbers, making all sorts of plays. But the guys that played alongside him last year are both gone. Uh, uh, David Aguegbu, who I've always been a big fan. I've had over a hundred, uh, over a hundred tackles last season for Oklahoma transferred to Houston. Deshaun white had about 90 and now he's playing USFL ball or something. So you have to replace a lot of um, lost production there. I think Desan McCullough at the cheetah spot, which is kind of like a linebacker spot, is going to play very, very well. I think he has a chance to be the Big 12 newcomer of the year, defensive player of the year, all sorts of shit at defensive. I think he's going to be very, very good for Oklahoma. I think Jaron Kanick is going to be very, very good for Oklahoma too. But both of those guys have a lot of production to fill 
um, at least stat-wise. Again, I didn't get to see Igwegbu and Deshaun White play very much last year. I don't know how good they actually were, but their stats made them look pretty good, and you got to replace all those tackles. So they have big shoes to fill. Now, I do think if Jaron Kanick, for whatever reason, doesn't play very well um, or play like we think he's capable of and like he will do, that's when I, I think Connor Neer probably is that number two um, in line to start there if Kanick is struggling or if Stutzman goes down. I think Stutz is pretty much penciled in as a guy who's safe. Um, and then I think Phil Pashati is probably somewhere three or four down there. I mean, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of debate as far as who we all think could be the starting three. Because, I, I mean, I think Kanick, Stutzman, and, and McCullough are – the obvious three. As far as the depth, you know, Shane Witter, it is, it's now or never for him. Um, if you can't be the number two linebacker and be in some sort of rotation, I just don't think it's going to happen for him. And he's someone that has had some challenges as far as staying on the field, some unfortunate luck. He's really going to be vying as we go into the, you know, summer ball and things like that. He's going to be vying for playing time because if not, He's about to get buried on the depth chart. Um, Connor Near, I do think he will be in the rotation. Um, and, you know, with Canick, and I, I, at the end of the day, two time national champion, I know it's a different level of football, but he does bring a lot of um, experience. Championship then, pedigree. Yeah. Yeah. Knows how to win a championship. Um, and I honestly think that Justin Harrington is going to contribute in the cheetah position. I think Desan McCullough. I think the philosophy we're going to see as a whole between these three linebackers is a decent amount of rotation, rotation, you know, the rotating through to be fresh for the fourth quarter. Cause Brandon, you didn't see a lot of the games. I know you caught the Texas tech game. Part of the problem with the defense was they were good for about two and a half to three quarters. And then by about the five minute mark left in the third quarter to maybe the start of the fourth quarter, they were gassed for the rest of the game. And they could not – I mean, even Stutzman. I mean, Stutzman was – I mean, obviously he had 125 tackles, but the guy was just exhausted. And especially when you saw the Texas Tech game, by the end of the season, it was, you know, a lot of snaps in that game. But he had a lot of miles on him for the whole season. And I think that's a learning experience with the depth and this rotation. I think you're going to see a lot of guys play, um, especially in the first three weeks. But – I think even moving into the you know the meat of the schedule, I I think you're going to see a lot of contributors. You might even see a little bit of Kobe McKenzie every you know maybe a flash here or there, um, and I, I I do think you're going to be able to see maybe a, maybe a Lewis Carter and even for that Taylor Heim has been flashing a little bit too. So and he was the last the last offer and the last commit in the 23 cycle. So I I mean I don't think Taylor Heim is going to really contribute, but. There is depth. There's quality depth there. And obviously there's quality depth there because Oklahoma has one 2024 linebacker commit and James Nesta, and they would like to add Braden Platt. If they don't add Platt, it seems like it's not the end of the world. So obviously there's a ton of guys that can contribute, and I think they will this fall. Yeah. <clears throat> the you, And you mentioned it. The linebacker position I guess was the one that was really lacking last year because of the depth situation I think Brent Venables again addressed that in his big 12 presser he didn't he didn't feel confident enough either 
is because it was his first year. And Brum, you've said it before, you know, maybe still trying to show that he belongs as head coach and not trying to play call a mistake free game, which just put him in more bad positions. He meant he said he probably should have played more of the young guys, even though they weren't going to play the perfect football game and you know be not making errors. They were at least going to get some experience under their belt, and I think that's a direct in you know he's in, directly in, implying that he probably should have played a guy like Jaron Canick more than he did get to play last year because going into the season we all saw Jaron as this mega athlete that even if he was going to make mistakes, he could make up for it with his athleticism. And we saw it in the Nebraska game. Deshaun White got ejected and dude, I think he, if I remember correctly, ended up leading the team in tackles that, that game. He has the freak athleticism that to, to make up for some of those mistakes when he did play later on the season. I think it was just too little too late. So it won't surprise me if this season, we do see, I do agree, there's probably going to be a lot of rotation. Stutz and uh, Kanick as one and two along with Desan. I, I disagree with Justin Harrington. I mean, I feel like this is a just a cycle just like what we were talking, we talk about with recruiting. We suck for a little bit, then we're really good in the summer. With, just, uh, with Harrington, we all expect the best out of him. We expect him to be an all-conference guy for whatever reason, and then come the fall, he has some flashes, and you don't really see much else from him. And I, I want to ask, who would play the cheetah position? Is it Jaron Canick? I don't think it'd be Jaron. I think it's. I mean, you got to prop the son in like Jaden Rowe. I would even say Reggie Pearson. Like you have enough safety depth that Reggie can come in and be a good because he's a hard hitter. I mean, we we all agree, and uh, we've, we've seen, seen what it. he can do. It. Yeah, like he might not have the pass rush moves that a Desan has, but he can come down and rush. But I guess my argument to that is he's five ten, a buck ninety eight. That's not a linebacker. That's not. But I, I just. I, I mean, I understand the cheetah is a, a hybrid, but Harrington's also 6'4", and I think Harrington's had a little bit of a disservice done to him. I, I might be wrong. Maybe. We'll but I, if you look at last year, and Brum, you, I don't know if you would agree or disagree, when that cheetah position was rotated between Deshaun, or Deshaun White and Justin Harrington, neither of them were perfect or maybe even good in some people's opinion, but the one that made the most mistakes was Harrington. And maybe he's learned from them. Yeah. But he hasn't ever, even before that, like he wasn't showing to be an outstanding player. Yeah. No, I know he made a lot of mistakes. He just was also getting thrown into, uh, you know, the safety position. And I mean, just kind of getting thrown around. We, we talked about how, uh, what was Billy Bowman? Yeah. Billy Bowman was thrown to the I, I just, I just think that if now that Justin Harrington can be like, well, I don't have to worry about any other position. I just think that he, and to keep Canick on the field on the other side, because I don't know if Connor Near can play, you know, all game. I just I, that's just my gut, and I might be totally wrong because you're right. He is, he has not looked his best, but I, I think a little bit of a disservice has been done to him. 
How much rotation are, are you guys thinking is going to happen in the linebacker room? Because you said a lot. I mean, a lot. So, like, I feel like it's kind of a harder position to rotate. Um, where it is, you know, on the D line, you have third down, third and long, you can bring in guys specifically to edge rush. That is their one and only job. Same thing with nickel corners or even safeties. Their job is to keep the ball from crossing the first down line. I feel like a linebacker is a harder position to constantly rotate in and out, especially in the flow of a game, especially in like a Danny Setsman type role, unfortunately for him, because that guy at the end of the day is pretty much the quarterback of that Sooner defense. And you can't just um, replace him uh, or, you know, take series off. I, th- that's the part that I'm struggling with with this linebacker breakdown is I don't know how much rotation, if you will, can really can realistically happen um, in the flow of a game unless you play, you know, the starters. Let's say it's Canik, Stutz, and and um, and and Desamical, like we all anticipate it being. Do you play them three straight series and take a series off and then go back? To, is that is that how it's going to work? Because it, it's it's hard to flip them out in the middle of a series or in the middle of a drive. I don't think Stutzman will be subjected to a lot of the rotation just because he is the quarterback of the defense, you know, that middle linebacker. I just don't, I don't see that, but I, I see, you know, maybe a series is Justin Harrington, you know, spots here and there. It's not like every other one, but I just kind of feel like that Connor near might come on and they might have some different packages where they go with a three man front and a four, you know, four linebacker set. And, you know, they kind of, change up the fronts as they move back and forth. Cause I think they're going to be doing a lot of four man fronts and, and then, um, or excuse me, three man fronts and, you know, four linebackers. And I think that's where you're going to get some more guys on the field and have that flexibility where they're going to be bringing in different packages and in those different packages, I think you might be able to get a few, few snaps. It's not going to be a ton, but I just, I think some more guys are going to play because I think they're all capable. Well, and I think also in the road, like what maybe we're missing when we talk about rotation is if the games at some point start to look how they did last year, that offense isn't going to keep the ball for much longer than two minutes, if that. So it's more so just if the offense is moving, either scoring super fast, which is, you know, hopefully that's the case, but if they're just not converting on third down and having to punt within a minute, which wasn't uncommon for last year's team, they would literally have the ball for 40 seconds and then have to punt because they were just moving way too fast. Then that's when the defense would get in trouble because they got to barely sit down and grab a, grab a water break and then they're having to get back on the field. I think that's where we're going to see some of these backups play a little bit more if that does happen with this year's football team because that's when – you know, a guy like Danny or Jared, the starters are going to need a break for even if it's not for the entire you know series, you know, three plays in just so that they can get a couple minutes to catch their breath. See, that would make sense. That sort of rotational thing is assuming the Oklahoma offense is putting together quick scoring drives, and that is the hope. Um, right. But yeah, that right. that makes ridiculous. more sense than. It was ridiculous I'm, last I've year. I've heard that. I've heard that from people even at work now that I'm doing the stuff with, you know, like I would say miss the season. They're like, yeah, we had the ball for like I said, they were like, we have it for a minute and punt because the, the offense is moving so fast. I think maybe at some point that goes with the learning curve for Jeff Levy too, for the whole system. It's 
you have to play complimentary football as they preach so much. And um, the offense can't have the ball for a minute or 40 seconds. I don't care who you are. That's, that's, that's bad news bears. Yeah. Yeah. That That's what I think that's what would, if you look back to last year, that is what got them in trouble a lot of the time because the defense wasn't amazing for the first half of the season. But after the bye week, something clicked, even if they were tired. Like, they would play pretty well, like Brum said, for about three quarters. And then you could, but the the offense would start well in quarter one. Wouldn't do a lick in the second or third quarter. And then they were the defense at that point was just screwed. Because even if they would, you know, they would have, they would force punts. They would even create turnovers. The offense wasn't taking advantage of those opportunities. It was it was painful, um, and I and I think you know you might you're not going to see all second stringers go out there at once, but you could see a series with Stutzman, um, McCullough, and then Connor Near, or you know, and just just one guy sparingly here and there, just to spell maybe one series or you know yeah, that makes sense. Hopefully, yeah. you get a three and out, and it's just like you know four plays, and, and you're and you're good, but. Yeah. It's so, going to have to be know. the series changes. That's the best way to do it. But I think Stutz, unfortunately for him, or good for us, everyone to look at, I think he's going to be the one constant, the the one variable that's probably never out of the game unless, you know, injury or a substantial uh, score difference one way or the other. I don't, I don't think Stutz will be not on the field. Well, and, and that's generally true for all middle linebackers when you think all the good ones in the NFL and college. You know, when K-9 was here, I mean, he was on the field constantly. Um, and, you know, they're the quarterback of the defense. So, And Stutzman, also another year in Schmitty's program, he might also be in better condition as well. Um, that could be a part of it as well. They might have better conditioning since they've been in the program for well over a year at this point. So, um, But I feel a lot better where Oklahoma was at this year than we did a year ago at this time. Mm-hmm. Well, they have like forty-something days till prove it time. Forty-four, yeah, forty-four. This video, and I think even with the guys that we're talking about mainly playing, like last year, the big problem was also not only was there a lack of depth, but it was just a lack of players at that position. Like there really weren't many guys because of the injuries that happened before the season even started. Now. You might not love it, but if injuries start to happen at that position group with the starters, you have you know Kip Lewis and Kobe McKenzie, and then even the younger guys and Lewis and Sammy and Phil. That can might not be the most ideal situation, but they're talented enough that you hope they can make some plays. Do y'all think as starters, Jaron Kanick and Desan McCullough will at least match what Igwegbu and, and White brought last year, or play better? Because I again, I didn't I get to see. I think Jaron will. The, the issue with Aguayu, he was just too slow, especially when the opposing offense would have bigger plays. He just couldn't keep up with the speed. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think they'll both be fine, and I think they'll both contribute, and they'll probably be pretty close, if not better. Um, and then also, Jose, you were talking about the depth last year. I mean, right off the bat, they lost Shane Witter and then T.E. Roof. Those two off the top. And then they're trying to preserve some red shirts for, you know, the younger linebackers. It was just, it was just a mess. So definitely feel better um, with everything's at. But that's all I've got. I mean, you know, I think 
I think we're all pretty in agreement. We're in agreement about the the top three linebackers. It's just a matter of what packages and, and the play. And I think the play will be better than it was last year. Yeah. Let's so. prove it time soon. Individual challenge, Brandon. Yeah, just talk about those linebackers. What do you think? Do you do, do you agree with us? Do you think that um, Canick and, and and McCullough can replace Agwegu and, and White? Just all about the linebacker room. What happens there? Are we right? Are we wrong? What do you think? Yeah, yeah for sure. I'm curious to see if anyone gives me any heat for uh, the Harrington take that I have. So someone's going to give you heat for the Harrington take you have. I'm, I'm sure. So, all right. Be sure to like, subscribe, turn the notification bell on, follow us on. Twitter, Facebook, Apple, Spotify, and TikTok. Everything's linked in the description below. And be sure to catch us live Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central for our weekly live stream. Turn the notification bell on so you do not miss it. See you guys.